Welcome to the Art Business Podcast. This episode, uh, my guests are uh, Jean-David Malat, uh, who is CEO and founder of the Eponymous Gallery in Mayfair. And my other guest is uh, Victoria Bukaya, who joined Jean-David, where they opened the gallery in 2018 as director. So you're very welcome, Victoria and Jean-David. Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for David. having us. <laughs> okay, so um, as, us. Us, uh, as usual, I start with some questions so that our listeners can can see kind of what your interests are, really. So maybe we could start with um, Victoria and, and ask what your favourite city is, Victoria. Sure. Um, so spontaneously, without thinking too much, I, I love New York. I think it's a city with amazing energy and really good vibes. And whenever I go there, I have the best time, I think. Uh, socially, culturally, it's just such a melting pot of, of cultures and um, just amazing things to do. And I absolutely love the energy of New York. And whenever I go, I have a, a fantastic time. And I've really missed being able to travel to the US during the pandemic. Yeah, that's a, that's a, look, several people actually have chosen New York. It doesn't surprise me. And, and Jan David, are you, are you also New uh, York? You know, everyone will say... Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about Paris, but now actually uh, I love London. I think London is my favorite city in the world, and it's why I'm here. It's why I established my uh, my uh, my uh, my gallery in London uh, because you know it's uh, for me it's, uh, it's 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 the place you know it's uh, the place to be in in Europe and the art market is strong and uh, I love the vibes I love the energy. Uh, I love New York, as Victoria said, it's nice, but I mean, New York, it's, I, I like it for a few days, but I couldn't live there. Uh, I get a bit of uh, stress <laughs> in New York. Sorry, we can't hear you. Sorry, yes, uh, okay. I muted myself. Apologies for that. Uh, Victoria, uh, uh, I... <laughs> follow your instagram account as i as i do jan david's and I, I see you a lot on beaches and things do you have a do you have a favorite rural location or it could be a beach area we go a lot to south of france so that's probably where you uh, see me that's on, exactly on where i see you. Uh, but um i don't post a lot so when i do post it looks like i'm always on the beach because <laughs> i'm so excited and happy to be on a beach that i post about being on a beach but mm-hmm. um i love the south of france and i think it's uh, an amazing place and whenever i go um, I, we have a, a really just great time, although it's not too exotic or too far. It's uh, one of the best places I think to go. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I know Provence very well. I presume are you talking about Provence? Um, so Côte d'Azur. So the Côte d'Azur. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the more. I actually grew up. I almost grew up in uh, in South in uh, Saint Tropez. So I knew yeah. that. Yeah, um, do you that. know? I have never been to the Côte d'Azur, and 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 I'm, I I keep meaning to go obviously, and to see the, the, the modern contemporary galleries along there. So when I've been to Provence, I've been taking people around the ancient Roman sites uh-huh. and so on, uh, Pont de Gare and all of that. But you have to come know. visit. You, have a, you can come and visit us when, when you that want. That would be really nice. Okay. In spring or summertime, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and Jean-David, are you going to say, say the same? So, uh, you know, I don't take that much holidays. You know, I rarely go to holidays. I took a few days this, uh, this summer and I was in Spain. I was in, uh, in Ibiza, um, uh, which I like a lot. Uh, I love, uh, if there is a beach I like, it's, uh, it's Miami also. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going there actually next week for Art Basel. 
of course. Uh, we're showing, uh, we're showing uh, our artist Kojo Marfo at Untitled next week. So I'm looking forward to maybe have one or two days off and uh, relax. Brilliant. That sounds fantastic. I always thought it was a master stroke when Basel decided to put an art fair on in December, just before Christmas in, in Miami. Yeah, it's amazing. And it might be really good this year, actually. A lot of, a lot of people and art collectors are, are flying there. Uh, mm. It didn't happen last year, so it should, it should, be, it should be good. I hear about that when you get back. And uh, buildings. Um, Victoria, do you have a favourite piece of architecture? Um, ooh, um, doesn't Pompidou, matter what it is. Pompidou in Paris. Yeah. Uh, but then I also absolutely, I know this is so cliche, but I love the Eiffel Tower. I think it's amazing. <laughs> Whenever I'm in Paris and I see the Eiffel Tower, it just, I just think it's incredible. It's just the sheer shape of it, size, what it means. It's, it's, it's symbolism. I think it's a fantastic piece of architecture, but the Pompidou more, um, from a contemporary standpoint, is also yeah. Just I think amazing. you're allowed an old building and a new building. Those are yeah, those are wonderful. Do. And I'm keeping it to <laughs> home in Paris. But again, these are very spontaneous answers. I could sit and think for hours and think of something way no, more. I, uh, I think spon- spontaneity is good. You know, yeah, exactly. well, I don't want to keep you hanging too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Jantavid, you have. Um, I will say, uh, I will say, I, I love, I love some of archi- uh, architectures that have been done by Zaha Hadid. Uh, especially some uh, some amazing building in New York, uh, also this amazing uh, museum that she did a few years ago in uh, in uh, in Baku, mm. uh, which is a beautiful uh, 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 building, and I think one of the most beautiful buildings I saw in my life. Um, yeah, uh, of course Pompidou and. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm a Zaha Hadid fan as well. Uh, she yeah. actually studied in the Architectural Association just next to Sotheby's Institute where I work oh, really? in, in Bedford Square. So, yeah, no, wonderful. And um, <laughs> this is a strange one. Favourite works of art, Victoria? <laughs> and it, you, you might want to go for one contemporary and, you know, something more timeless, classic. Hmm. Again, these are spontaneous answers because I don't want to... <laughs> keep your podcast waiting in silence but um the scream by edward munch wow is an absolutely uh breathtaking piece of art and i think there's nothing like it it just it's so full of emotion and the colors and you can all you can you can hear the scream by looking at that work of art and i think when an artwork succeeds in doing more than just an image um by creating a sound in your head or an emotion in your body and for me, then it's it's succeeded in, in doing what, what art should, should do. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's an icon, isn't it? It's up there in the top 10 sort of best known works of art for people in the street, I think. Yeah. And a scream is amazing. Um, and do I have to pick another one? No, not necessarily. <laughs> that's that's I think the scream is enough for, for one day. Actually, this is a fun topic. And what's interesting about that is is how when I think about the taste of, you know, of Jean David of the gallery, um, you know, I, I can see why you like the screen because I think there are certain themes that run through a lot of the artists you show that kind of catch that that emotion. You know, they're emotional artists, most of the artists that yeah. you show. Um, and I think it's taken me some time to to um, appreciate that. I think in the beginning, before joining the gallery, I was much more attuned to abstract art, mm-hmm. um, much more aesthetically pleasing art, very colorful, upbeat. And ever since joining the gallery, I've been much more 
um, inclined to um, to uh, figurative and more emotional, emotionally um, uh, torn works, and uh, especially in the likes of Henry Darlin and now uh, George Oscar, who's on our roster, mm-hmm. um, and sort of I'm more inclined to, to this sort of um, aesthetic than I than I used to be. Mm-hmm. And 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 Jean David, a, a, a difficult question for you as well, because you probably want to, like it's, Victoria, wants to say one of your favorite stable artists. But no, it's it's very it's very difficult to say. You know, as a yeah. as a teacher, you know, you have, I hate these have, questions. You don't no, man, You don't have a favorite one. It's true. You know, after I'm, a, mm. uh, of course, I I, I love uh, every artist that I represent, and uh, I, I like everything they're doing, and I'm, I'm you know, it's it's very very special. Uh, so I'm a big fan of uh, of Marc Chagall. You know, I've always been a big fan of Marc Chagall. Uh, uh, make me dream, make me think. He's a, it's 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 an artist that I love. Uh, 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 but after to have a, a specific favorite piece, uh, not 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 really. Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, to be honest, I asked this question, but I hate being asked it myself because I change my moods. You know, there are exactly change every day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and uh, yeah. and and again, I think it, what's your, your your answer like Victoria's is interesting because again, I can see the links with um, like some of the artists you show that kind of Chagall has that dreamlike quality, and uh, a, a cup, you know, uh, both of the artists I think I've worked with um, on their catalogues with with. Yeah. With you, uh, Zumra Tolu obviously is a is a surrealist artist on one level, and uh, more recently Kojo, I think, is more surreal than at first might appear, <laughs> uh, because I think there are these kind of dreams that are running through his work, and and of course the title of his show this year was Dreaming of Identity, and we we looked mm-hmm. at that as a theme. Um, I, I just have one last little question because I think this will lead us in nicely to talk about the gallery and and your artists uh, is. Um, can you, Victoria? Can you remember when you first got into art? Can you remember the first impact of art? Well, it's interesting that Jean David talks about Chagall because if you if you ask me about the first time that I was introduced to art, I used to, when I was very little, do these art courses when I was um, a child at the Jardin d'Acclimatation, which is this big sort of um, um, uh, entertainment space, big um, uh, not not a yeah, entertainment space for children. It's a massive garden where there's a zoo and they do lots of workshops. And on the weekend, they used to do art workshops where my parents used to take me. And we used to, um, and I remember being taught about Chagall and having to draw his works, you know, doing coloring and just being taught about the shapes. And I remember that so vividly. And that's my very first memory, I think, of being um, introduced to art when I was, I don't know, five years old. Wow. Um, doing these workshops with, with Chagall and the colours and the and the animals and all of that and, and, and loving it, yeah. Yeah, I can see why a, why an art teacher might like to introduce kids to Chagall. Yeah. Um, and 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 Jean what about you? Do you, can you remember your first memories of art? But my first first memories was when I was a young uh, a young boy. My uh, my mother was taking me to uh, to uh, some of the museum in Paris every. Every uh, once a month on on Wednesday, so uh, I was going to the Louvre, uh, Musée d'Orsay, and um, and it's funny that uh, Victoria talked about about uh, Chagall, so she was introduced to him. But uh, actually, uh, one of uh, uh, my first 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 uh, uh, presents uh, that my uh, grandfather 
gave me was a small print by Marc Chagall, a very small one. Uh, it's, it's a poster. It's even not a print, nothing. It's an angel. Uh, and this angel followed me all my life. And uh, today, this small uh, uh, poster uh, is hanging in, uh, in, in the bedroom of my son. Oh, that's um, amazing. What a lovely story. So it's like yeah, a kind of an artistic a, guardian angel that follows exactly. you. Exactly. And I never expect to be in arts. Uh, I used to do many things. I used to be in in in, in fashion, and I uh, I uh, I went into art by uh, uh, if I can say by chance or by coincidence. Or can we say by um, uh, yeah by chance? You yeah, know, yeah. I just I just you know had the opportunity to uh, uh, to uh, to start working in, in art in 2005 uh, in different uh, commercial galleries and. Uh, I start liking it straight away. You know, I start. It, it was for me. It was. Uh, I, I had a feeling about about what I was doing, and you know, and more you grow, and more your tastes are growing, and more you know what you want to do, and more you, you know, you uh, you progress. Sort of grow into it. I think. I think that happens a lot with art. Actually, there's a lot of serendipity in, in, involved in in what we do in the art world, and, uh, and and then so so. Could you talk a little bit about how you came to found the Davis Street Gallery? I mean, that, uh, that might involve Victoria, that answer as well. Yeah, yeah, no, we've, uh, we've, uh, we, uh, Victoria and I, uh, we know each other for, for many, many years. And Victoria had, uh, had a very important background in, uh, in, uh, in art. And she used to work for uh, the most pre prestigious uh, uh, galleries in, uh, in London. Uh, me, I was, uh, I was, I mean, art since 2005. So as I say, I used to work in different commercial galleries. And then uh, after I became a private art advisor for, for some uh, important family. So I was uh, doing uh, mostly uh, a primary and secondary market and advising them on what to, uh, uh, what, what, what to buy, what to invest in. Uh, and uh, during my career, I, I discovered a lot of, uh, of artists that uh, became important and some of them became less important. Uh, but I wanted to do uh, like more like seriously, you know, like wanted to, to, to present them, make sure for them, uh, introduce them to a collector properly. So uh, the best thing for that was to open my gallery. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, London was the best place for me to do it. Uh, Mayfair, obviously, is a, it's, a, it's a place where you want to be because it's where you have all the the the, the, uh, the most important galleries and and museum uh, like the the Royal Academy and everything. So um, when I uh, when I uh, I found the space on Davy Street, uh, used to be a very important gallery there, Gimpelfi uh, since the 70s, and they had shows Nikki de Saint Phalle. And when I I know I could have the opportunity on getting that space. I say okay now I have to uh, to to work on it and make it happen and we open in June 2018 and here we are. So so basically you already had uh, links with the artists and 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 then gradually you thought I'd really like to represent you and show your work. Yeah. In gallery yeah. space. But like like now we're having a show with uh, Henry Kudalen. I, I yes. would love to come and, and visit the show if if. if and if, well, well I I um I. Yesterday, I took my students to the new art space at Claridge's with the Damien mm -hmm. Hirst show. You probably know oh, yeah. about that. And uh, yeah, actually yeah. two of my alumni who are actually curate, you know, who are actually curate those shows. So that mm -hmm. was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was telling 
the students that about the area because a lot of them don't know London that well. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I was talking about Jandavi Mallets just down the road and signature African art galleries there. And there's even Charles Eads, the Antiquities Gallery mm-hmm. across the road and Gagosian and uh, Phillips Auction House and so on and so on. So it's a great place to be, obviously. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 Henry, you sp- you've, you've mentioned Henry Darlin a couple of times, Victoria as well, mentioned him as a, a kind of you know, favourite artist, and he was the one that you opened with. And I, uh, could you say something about why you opened with Henri's work? Am I right in saying that? So, so mm-hmm. yeah, do you want me to answer? Sure. Well, yeah, we can. You can talk about it also. Um, mm-hmm. And also, Henri Kuldalen, uh, I came across his work, I think, in 2016 or 15, and you know, I was following him and keeping going. And then I met with him in 2017. Um, uh, we met in a coffee. Uh, in Mayfair, in uh, in uh, in Little House, uh, we had a we had a really nice time together. Uh, then he invited me to his studio. At this time, he had a very small studio in East London. I went there. Uh, he had a few paintings uh, in in progress, and uh, wow, I was like, that's that his work is so uh, so like so strong, and there is like there is really something very special and unique about uh, about, about about this artist. So I start talking to uh, to him, and uh, it took us a few weeks, and then we met again. And then I say, Henry, look, I'm going to open my gallery next year. Uh, I want to open with you. Uh, let's 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 make a show. Let's prepare a show, and let's 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 open a, an exhibition. Uh, so we did our first exhibition called Metanoia uh, that opened uh, in June 2018, and it was a big success. Uh, we sold out uh, straight away. And uh, and during the past few years, it's been uh, it's been quite good with uh, with Henry. He's been uh, he's been going to very good collection, important collector, um, and this new exhibition is uh, is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you could say something, as you just mentioned, uh, the, the important collectors. Could you? I, obviously, we can't mention names, but would you? Would you like to talk about how, how, how your relationship with collectors uh, develops once the gallery had opened? But the collection with the collectors is a, the, the, the sorry the the, the the connection and the, the with with collectors are, is a, is really strong now and more we going more we growing and better it is uh, you know we prove also that many collectors are very pleased with what they bought and you know many of the artists when uh, went up or when in very good collection so now we are we really like establish like really like uh, yeah, friendly co- uh, connection with them. Like it's uh, it's a personal personal connection, and it's very personal. You know, it's uh, uh, when people buy art, it's very uh, uh, specific. So we're really establishing like a really really strong relationship. Uh, yeah, and both of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I've already said about how I see a kind of not a theme, but I see a kind of common pattern as you do, as you should do, I think, in good galleries of, uh, of a, a, oh, that's very Jean David, if you like. And uh, so, so, so the kind of, I wrote down a few words before the pod started about the words I'd use for the art that I've been to see in the gallery. And I would use words like bold. I think that the, the words are always bold uh, in the best sense of the word. Um, quite often surreal. Painterly is something I notice in many of your artists, like the brushwork is just... D- delicious, so always to look at, and always 
when I bring my students, I always tell them, go up close and look at these. And um, possibly even words like Baroque. I mean, I'm thinking of Henrik's work that he has this amazing chiaroscuro and this kind of uh, almost like Baroque uh, style. You know, to work, but maybe could you say something about that? Do you do you consciously look for certain kinds of art? No, 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 not really. It's just into uh, it's not like Enric, it's, it's different, it's very different than many of her artists. And like, uh, um, I don't know if you listened to the talk that uh, uh, Dr. Alison Smith did from the National Portrait Gallery with Enric, and she nicely said that the gallery now with that show look a bit like a chapelle because the light is down and you know it's very baroque it's very dark and but it's so beautiful so every time we're trying to create uh, a new a new atmosphere every show is a new atmosphere yeah i agree uh, it's so you create very good ambiances do you yeah. do you do your own lighting or do you have a lighting no no we do we're doing it like we change the whole lighting for this exhibition yeah. Uh, the previous exhibition was a different lighting we we try to adapt and uh uh, we give like a, a carte blanche to uh, to the uh, to the artist also, and they do whatever they want uh, when they exhibit uh, at JD Malat. Oh, that's really great. And thinking about the pandemic, uh, Victoria and Jan David, you know that hit us suddenly. I don't think we were quite expecting the effect and the the, the length of the lockdown. But uh, maybe you could talk about how you two went into action the moment the lockdown began. Sure. So, um, as you know, David, uh, one of the, the main things that we did during the lockdown is, well, first of all, we sat down as a team and we said, how can we engage with our, our audience? Usually uh, they come into the gallery, we invite them for openings. Uh, now the gallery is closed. We can't have openings. We can't have footfall every day. Um, but how do we keep that engagement with not only our audience, but our artists. So we um, held an open call exhibition called Isolation Mastered. Um, so in a way, how to master isolation, how to overcome isolation as an artist. And we invited artists to submit artwork um, into the gallery. And uh, we got together with a committee, which consisted of yourself and uh, other incredible um, uh, judges from the, the uh, art world such as Simon Dupuri who's an auctioneer and Gavin Rosdale the singer and all sorts of different people who were involved in in the art world and uh, we asked them to to choose um, their favorite artists and we came together I think we had 5,000 applicants and in the end we had 10 artists participate in a group show at the gallery uh, and um, and it was the rise of Kojo Marfo that's how we discovered Kojo Marfo who's now our uh, groundbreaking artist uh, making uh, headline news internationally and landing in uh, top collections all over the world, private and public. So it was um, incredible for us because not only did we discover an artist, but through this exhibition, uh, we managed to, to access a whole host of new collectors and a new audience that we would have never reached before. Um, so actually for us, it was, it was a fantastic opportunity. The lockdown uh, gave us a, 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 an amazing window into uh, a, new, uh, a new art space. And not only that, but I think in general, uh, the lockdown and uh, pandemic 
was a brilliant uh, opportunity. I mean, I don't want to talk about it too positively, but these are, these are facts that it was a brilliant opportunity for us to uh, um, enhance our digital platform. So we found a lot of activity online. People uh, were not going out as much. Uh, people were not spending as much as they were used to. So they were finding themselves in front of a computer, uh, browsing through uh, art pieces that they could buy for their homes, just a lot more time on their hands um, to do that. And not only that, I think the pandemic uh, also helped people um, return to their to their roots and return to the importance of things such as art. And I think people had been falling uh, falling behind on, on 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 the value of art and sort of social media was was taking over their lives and going out and all of this. And suddenly the pandemic happened. They find themselves alone at home, and the power of an art piece suddenly became much more valuable. And um, and so we really saw a return to something like a painting or a sculpture. Um, and and an uh, appreciation for um, for art uh, returned during the pandemic. So for us, uh, it was it, it was it was great. And as it ended, uh, we maintained that uh, presence digitally. Uh, but also physically, because we we kept going with mounting the show in the gallery. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Like uh, we will have a big opening tomorrow. Yeah. So I remember when we did Ed Moses back in uh, in mm-hmm. in January mm-hmm. uh, 2021, when everything was closed for a few months, uh, we were saying, now, uh, we have the plan of the show, let's mount the show. So we mount the show, uh, we did some uh, uh, filming, we did some comments, you know, and that was through social media and video, and we did a documentary called Behind the Scenes. So we really, like, uh, play like... Uh, it was happening, and that actually, uh, yeah, helped us. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was quite unusual, actually. I, a lot of galleries were just going on the OVR platform, um, you know, yeah. online viewing rooms, and you know, uh, there's been quite a lot of negative criticism of OVRs, like at art fairs. A lot of people say we don't like doing them, uh, and uh, and I, I think what you did was amazing because you just felt that the world, the art world, was continuing by putting still putting the paintings in the space you no know, yeah, exactly i was at the gallery every day you know i was keep uh, uh, keep going and keep walking and keep doing my zoom call my phone call uh you know like not to um no, to keep going and and make things uh, make things uh, happen and to uh, to be ready for the future also because uh, you know now we have a program and this program has been planned uh, during the uh, during during the lockdown and uh, and i like, you we, you know, we read we read about the big auction houses in particular, really, really multiplying the number of clients that they had. Yeah, like, yeah. and that obviously the 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 digital art thing came in, and they that suddenly Sotheby's had, uh, Christie's have these, you know, huge numbers of of people who aren't used to collecting art, you know, mm-hmm. bidding in their auctions for the CryptoPunks and, and and so on. But did you find that your your client base went up during the pandemic, or or does it remain rather not yeah. similar? It yeah. did. It did. It did. Uh, we had, uh, in terms of uh, of requests in uh, during the pandemic, we had forty uh, percent more requests online. Yeah, wow. we, I, I had so much fun. Yeah. I, was, I was sitting at home in my pajamas, <laughs> just talking to people online. It was great. Yeah, it was, no, it yeah. was a lot of fun. I mean, now yeah. we we we. It's a lot more about being in the gallery. Yes. Uh, so it's not. I, I'm I'm missing all that online stuff because although it's still very active it's nowhere what it used to be i mean during the pandemic it was every day i was having conversations with people in in new york in australia 
you know, it was it was it was a lot of fun actually. But um, have have you found that um, maybe you could say something about the number of staff you you have in the gallery at any one time? But have you found that you're able to maybe do a like a three day week and you know because because there's still a lot of things you can actually do at home in terms of um, you know. Yeah, I mean. Culture. Everybody is different and everybody's got their own working style and environment. I mean, Jean-David is here six days a week from way before the gallery opens to way, way after it closes. So he needs to be here all the time, just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, manning the show, being the presence of the gallery. Uh, but in terms of what I do, I do a lot of uh, administrative tasks and uh, a lot of my clients are um, based abroad. So I find that I can do a lot of my work remotely, which, mm. which works very well for me in my, mm. in my home life. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, 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 it's so dust that we are able to, to juggle a few more things. Yeah. Well, while you're talking about kids, I mean, I know Jan, Jan David has kids as well. Um, but maybe, maybe from a, you, we hear a lot in the news at the moment how the how the kind of uh, hybrid working has been particularly good for women, you know, who who have children who 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 tend to be the ones that are kind of bringing the kids up and so on. Um, maybe we could talk. We I think I'm aware that we've only spoken about some of the male artists so far, and I, I'm thinking of people like um, Katrine Friedrichs, who, who's such an amazing artist who who works with you. Could you say something about Katrina and um, are, are there any other women artists in the stable or going to be in the stable? Yeah, so we've got, I, I'd say we, we have about 50-50, uh, but we're, all, we're looking to, to take on the more female artists yeah. just to even it out even further. Um, but we, uh, so Catherine Fridericks is obviously one of our artists. Uh, in, in January, we, 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 uh, in, in, in January we open, we're opening a show with a, uh, uh, with Andy, Andy Shekashiller, she's uh, one of her Turkish artists. Uh, mm -hmm. She's a fantastic sculptor. Um, uh, so yes, and we uh, we uh, we talking to a few uh, few female artists at the moment also for a program mm -hmm. in uh, 2022 and 2023. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's very important for us, and uh, there is so much uh, a talented woman. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, so, I, I think I think your gallery is pretty enlightened. I, I think with the the isolation mastered uh, event, which was really open to any artist who wants yeah. to put works in, such as Kojo, who 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 you know who who as we know he had had a, a career as an artist. Was, uh, was, uh, it's perfect. I mean, like this is uh, you know we're just talking about that because Kojo has been discovered during isolation master and uh, yeah. you were one one of the one who uh, who had an eye on him also. Uh, and today, like next week, we're showing him in Miami at Untitled yes. with his solo show. We had a solo exhibition last June with him. I mean, extraordinary, extraordinary for an artist like uh, uh, like Kojo that been discovered uh, in twenty. 20 July 2020, mm -hmm. so it's almost uh, it's a one year and a half uh, where he is now. He's uh, going to incredible collection. Um, we are producing sculpture now with him. I mean, it's just like it's uh, it's it's beautiful to see. Uh, like waiting list of over like 100 people waiting to buy a work by him. Uh, it's uh, it's That's it's incredible. amazing. It's incredible. I, I, don't, I don't think there has probably been an artist that has had such a such a meteoric rise to power in so short a time. I mean, I can't think of anyone that has done that before. I don't know about you, but you, it's, usually it's, it takes it's, a long uh, time. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. It's very, it's it's rare and it's completely uh, pure. You know, it's completely uh, natural. Yep. It's just uh, there is demand, demand, and also uh, African artists at the moment are really in in uh, uh, trendy. Yeah, we can yeah. say, but, but, but also. 
Sorry, sorry, no, Victoria. No, what's important, I think, as well is to is to monitor that rise in fame and not get too too greedy. Yeah, uh, he has um, shot to fame, as you say, and it's been it's been incredible to watch and see. Uh, but we're 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 all about sort of maintaining his his success and ensuring that it's done gradually and and slowly, and that it's not uh, you know a, a, too quick. And then and then then what you know so. Yeah. It's about monitoring that and making sure that it's it's um, it's slow and steady, um, just so um, everything is, is is balanced, basically. And and I um, do any of your artists have a presence in in um, you know the big public, not for profit galleries yet? Um, Some of our artists in in your public your public galleries. Well, you know, I, I I'm sure that one day I'm going to see, for example, Kojo Marfo that I've worked with quite a lot, and I've got. To, I guess, you know, I'm sure that one day he will be in a he will foundation. Be yeah, yeah, foundation in 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 America that Victoria sold to some of her clients in a, in, a, in a big foundation in America. Uh, we just place uh, it just had a commission for a public building in uh, in London on Grape Street, uh, Kojo Marfo, which That's is a beautiful good. piece. In this, um, uh, Santiago Para is uh, is uh, we we, uh, we have few pieces at the Perez Art Museum in Miami. Uh, Zumrut Oglu is also in uh, in some important museum in Turkey and uh, and Germany. So no, they, they, they step by step, uh, but uh, but we will get there. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> and, and and then what well, you know, presumably you wouldn't want your artist works uh, selling too quickly at auction. How do you handle yeah, that? Yeah, and and Kojo Marfo actually we're talking to a, like at the moment to a very important museum in 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 America in New York. I can't say now. Uh, that is very interested on, on getting uh, some of his work, right? Yeah, the biggest, yeah. The biggest. <laughs> very exciting. So this is good. Yeah, it's really, it's wonderful to, to have been working with them. I, I, I would say that we, you know, we mustn't forget that the, the artists, your artists, are, it seems to me they're quite prolific, that they work really hard is what I mean by that. Honestly, you know, coach- artists, in the beginning, you, you, you asked, is there a style that, um, that makes them similar? Or do we have a theme that we... Mm-hmm. That, and John Levy said that no, it's it's intuition. If he loves something, he loves it. But what I will say is something they all have in common, although it's not their style. It is their work ethic and their engagement to art, um, and it, it's been incredible. And I think that's testament to having amazing artists. Is their is their relationship to working? And every time I think that we found one that may be a little bit crazy. He surprises me by doing yeah. by just by his devotion to his artwork, his persistence to creating new new material, um, the diligence. I mean, consistently, the the exhibitions get done, uh, the artwork gets produced, the deadlines are met, uh, the projects are completed. I, I'm amazed every time just by the the enthusiasm of our artists and their and their work ethic. So I think yeah. if there's one thing that does align them, it's it's that they they work hard, and I, if I may yeah. say so, I think that your you and Jan David, are, I mean, Jan, you know, you said about Jan David has to work six days a week and so on. And any time I've come in the gallery and said, oh, is just, just, just you know by chance and said, is Jan David here? He's always there, which always. is fantastic. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant. There's some galleries you go in and you never see the gallerist, you know, the the main uh, the, the directors, and uh, I think it's wonderful that one of you is always in the in the room. And then, yeah, could could you say something about? I I don't think we got an answer to that earlier. I think we went off at a tangent. But like numbers of staff in your gallery. So there's you and Victoria. 
So there's myself and John David. There's um, we're around six people. Right? Yeah, yeah, six around people. Six. Yeah, with with a couple of interns. Plus, plus, yeah, plus uh, accounting seven. So yeah, yes. we are around seven, eight people in total. Yeah, but then when so, it's a small team. But what's interesting though is that when when it comes to the actual roles that the gallery needs we have so many more than six people involved because we've got a framer we've got the accountant the shippers so there's a of whole course. machine around it that's so much yeah. wider than us and that we use and deploy yeah. on a daily basis yeah, yeah, yeah but internally in the gallery it's around six yeah, yeah 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 you so you don't have an in-house registrar you, registrar, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, I was going to say. Uh, she, I I who, yeah, all of that. Yeah, she, she, I she's great. She's great. She, <laughs> the thing is, I know, I know <laughs> that the day when we become big enough to have a registrar, I'm going to miss it. So I'm always because I, I do kind of enjoy it. So I know, I know, maybe one day I, you know, we'll get a registrar. But I do enjoy doing it in the same way that I, you know, I I'd get involved in accounting as well. Mm. And I also do enjoy all that stuff. A lot. Yeah, quite a few of my alumni go into logistics, which is why we set up a, a master's in logistics. Uh, but it's a little bit too niche, I think, you know, for, for people to study. I it's, uh, it's a talent also. But well, you, they you've, got, experts. You've, got, you've got a talent also, you know, it's a, it's a talent, ah. you know, in terms of uh, VAT, importation, yeah. exportation. And you've got to negotiate, negotiate all the yeah. time because otherwise shippers can just give you any, like today I was yeah. just looking at a quote from one of my shippers and it was different to the quote he gave me last week and all, and all of a sudden and I said and I and I questioned it, I said the only thing that's changed is the creating situation but the entire quote has changed and they gave me a very good reason why it had changed and so I was satisfied but you've constantly got to monitor these numbers mm-hmm. because otherwise before you know it you're paying sums that don't make it's any a, it's sense a, it's a big budget you know? yeah and especially shipping internationally every, every country's got their own set of rules and obviously Brexit has uh created a whole new set of challenges mm-hmm. that were not there before. So uh, shipping work into and out of the UK is, uh, is a whole new, uh, the whole new challenge. <laughs> we, we had actually our, coincidentally, the theme of our lectures today was um, Henry Lydia, who's, who, who's a, a, an art lawyer, represents artists' interests. Uh, he also does a really good lecture on import and export across the world. And and people were asking about the EU and, you know, why certain countries have suddenly reduced their VAT, import VAT for works of art to 5% because they think that they could be the conduits that the UK used to be before it before Brexit. So it's a, such a fascinating subject. But he, he warned the students, you can't do is so complicated. You can't do this on your own. You know, you've got to take legal. Often you will have to actually take proper legal advice. So I guess the warning, as Victoria is saying, is you just have to keep your eye on the ball and watch the invoices and so on. Yeah. And also just don't be scared to ask questions as well, um, mm. I think, just in case you have any set of doubts. Like I, I annoy John Levy all the time just asking questions because you, you'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I'm aware, just in case I put this out as a video, as I'm planning to do in the in the new year, you should say something about the artist um, on the wall behind you. Sure. For, for so, the potential I? viewers. Sure. <laughs> I um, adore this artist, so I'm, I'm very happy to talk about this. Um, so this is an artwork by Conrad John Godley, who's um, one of our Swiss artists. Um, he's based in um, uh, near Zurich now. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. Um, but um, so this is from his exhibition that took place in um, 2018 in the gallery. It's called To See Is Not To Speak was the name of the exhibition. And this is one of the works from To See Is Not To Speak. Um, so he um, originally was a photographer 
uh, and he uh, changed into um, into painting later on in his career. And um, he's most famous for his mountain mountain paintings. So this is one of them, uh, very very thick in texture, so almost sculptural, very thick with paint that oozes out from the canvas, very very thick. So I don't know if you can see, but there's actually um, lots and lots of paint that's been used to create the the crevices and the peaks of the mountain. Um, and it's actually a, a very unique technique. Not a lot of people can do that. When you see it in flesh, it's, it's very, very hard to get that amount of paint on the canvas. So although it depicts a mountain and his works depicts mountains, um, they're about a lot more than just mountains. They're about spirituality and our sense of helplessness in the face of nature's greatness. Um, so they're, they're, they're very existential works. And... Um, and uh, and he's one of our best-selling artists. He does incredibly well, and everybody wants one mountain by by Conrad Gottlieb. <laughs> and his latest show at the at the gallery was called Nevertheless. Uh, that was his second exhibition. And that was gallery. was also during the lockdown. Yes. Just yeah, it was end of November 2020 until January 2021. Yeah. And uh, amazing. I mean, very well received. Also, mm -hmm. uh, we've we've got. You know, like he's, he's also in some public collection, by the way. Yeah, and if yeah. you if you look him up, um, we found him. Uh, I mean, this is just an anecdote, but on Artnet, he's one of the top requested artists on Artnet. He's in top ten, I think. Mm -hmm, wow. and, he, and he's alongside Andy Warhol, Basilitz, Tracy Emin. I know he's. I mean, his show sold yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, Nevertheless, yeah. in in twenty twenty, sold out in yeah, in in, in, in few days. It, it was it was like it's, it's a fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, great. And, uh, I mean, Victoria's just been talking about the physicality of Godley's work. That's something I mentioned that I'd noticed in a lot of your artist's work, you know, just the sheer amount of paint that goes in, which is, of course, incredibly expensive as well. Sure. On, on, on this work, I think there is 75 kilo of paint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think that, that that's probably quite a good point to, to, to finish the pod because, um, you know, obviously what we're saying, you can see it looks quite flat in in my video image and you know you must go i think the jan, jan david's gallery uh, is, is a place you must go and look at the work because yeah. it's the scale of it the wall power of it and the kind of physicality of the paint it's you just have to go and look at the artists in the gallery and uh, you, you can't just do this online and, so, uh, so i think in the future well, hopefully we'll all be back to visiting bricks and mortar galleries and uh you know looking at the the, the real thing yeah, and we, we, we love wel welcoming people and the student or collector and you know it's very yeah. we are very open to the public and yeah. talking to, to talking to everyone. So this yeah, is not a, not all galleries in Mayfair are welcoming. So I would say to people uh, yeah. do go into this gallery because it exactly thank you so much. It's always very welcoming. So I'd like to thank um, my guests today, Victoria Abakaya and Jan David Mala. Uh, the eponymous gallery in Davis Street in Mayfair. Uh, go and see the shows there and, 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 and ask to talk with Victoria and or Jan David when you're there.